I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. And after a little bit of a hiatus for the last few days, we are back and we've got a lot of stuff to cover on uh, both the Wisconsin football front and the Wisconsin basketball front. Whole carousel of uh, things going on with Wisconsin football in terms of players leaving, staying, coming back. So we'll touch on all that, give a little rundown on each of those because it seems like the the, the few days we stepped away, a lot happened in terms of announcements, some some good and, and some was unfortunate for Wisconsin. It's always good for guys moving on to the next phase of their life, but you always want to have some players back in terms of um, the football team to make them better. So it'll be uh, an interesting conversation about those. And then after that, we'll get into some basketball talk. Uh, we haven't talked about Wisconsin basketball really since um, the Maryland loss, and they've had two nice wins over Minnesota and Indiana, big one with Michigan coming up on Tuesday evening. So plenty to talk about on that front as well. So uh, a full show Despite being in the, the off season for football, we've got a lot to discuss on that end, so it should be a lot of fun. Matt, how are you? Doing great. Ready to talk? Uh, get back to talking a little football, a little basketball. It should be a fun episode. It should be. Well, we'll start with the football, because uh, I think there's just more of that to get to that will probably have a little bit more substance than the basketball. And football news, it's, it's kind of been a carousel, like I said. You've got players leaving, players transferring, players coming back. Players just saying, you know what, I'm done playing football. I want to move on to the next part. So the first one, I think the the big one was, of course, Jack Cohn a couple weeks ago announced his transfer, that he was entering the transfer portal, ends up deciding on Notre Dame, which, of course, is interesting because Wisconsin and Notre Dame were scheduled to play this year. Of course, didn't happen, but they are scheduled to play next year in Chicago. So Jack Cohn revenge game is going to see – um, the field, we're going to see Graham Mertz versus Jack Cohen in a little bit different light probably next year. But what did you make of, of that decision from Cohen, and, and what do you expect from him with the Fighting Irish? Well, first off, best of luck to, to Jack, you know, against anybody but Wisconsin. But I, he, you look at it, it's a, it's a decent fit. They need a quarterback since Ian Book is going to be moving on. He brings some of the a similar uh, type of game that Ian Book has, where they're more of a game manager. Um, you know, I, I think you look at Jack. He's he's a, a solid quarterback that can do a lot of good things. Should help Notre Dame out because they're going to be in more of a rebuilding mode next year after losing quite a few key pieces. They'll still have Kyle Hamilton on defense. They'll still have Kyron Williams at running back. Um, but they're also going to be losing a lot of guys. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Cone can do with them. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it really just spotlights that game against Wisconsin because 
he's going to have a lot of insight into Wisconsin's offense that he's going to be able to tell um, Brian Kelly and their defense. Uh, you would imagine that Jim Leonard would also be able to have some some uh, things up his sleeve, knowing what Cone can and can't do to the highest efficiency levels. So I, I think it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Um, I think Wisconsin did the right thing by saying, hey, Graham Mertz is going to be the guy um, looking long-term rather than just next season. But at the same time, there is definitely going to be some uh, some fun um, storylines to, to watch from that game after he not only is going to be playing against his former team, but he also was a former a lacrosse commit to Notre Dame back in the day in high school. So a lot of things to watch there, but but good for him. I'm happy that he found a landing spot. Wish it wasn't quite Notre Dame, but at the same time, I think it's it's a good spot for him and it's a good fit um, because I would imagine that he's probably got the inside track at their number one quarterback job. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it from that perspective uh, in terms of the recruiting stuff with the cross. Uh, I thought that made a lot of sense right away, and just the fact that you know Notre Dame is kind of in a position where you you've got a, a veteran that has played a lot of football in Ian Book, leaving Drew Pine, their uh, backup, seen very little action, got worked into that uh, playoff semifinal against Alabama. Not sure if he looked like a guy that was ready to kind of take on you know a starter role. So it makes sense that they go out and get. Uh, a senior guy, you know, a guy that's got a lot of experience playing football in, in that part of the country and can kind of work right into what Notre Dame kind of does. So I think fit-wise, it's, it's a really good spot for him. It will make that uh, that contest with Wisconsin uh, even more hyped up with, with all the storylines that you've got. But overall, I think it's a great fit for, for him to, to really find a, a nice home. You know, we we kind of speculated on where we go, maybe somewhere out east. You know, Notre Dame was maybe a, a thought that some people had in their minds, and he ends up going there. I think it's a, a good spot for him. It'll make, you know, if they weren't playing, like you mentioned, you know, we'll root for him. It's hard to root for Notre Dame for a lot of people, but if Jack Cohn's the guy under center, um, it makes a lot. It makes them easier to root for in a lot of ways because uh, he, he is a guy that's been a really good leader. Um, a really quality player for Wisconsin, and I think he'll he'll do pretty well there. You know, Notre Dame does pretty well at not ex- not putting too much on their quarterbacks, but still, um, you know, giving them enough opportunities to sling it around and, and rely on the run game. So I think system-wise, fit-wise, culture-wise, it's it kind of fits out really nicely for Jack Cohn. And uh, like you said at the beginning, you know, we wish him the best of luck. Yeah, speaking of the running game, you had mentioned that about um, what Notre Dame does. Wisconsin obviously runs the ball a lot and relies on the running backs. But Nikia Watson entering the transfer portal um, while you were gone, what did what did you make of that? That one for me, not super surprising. I think we've we've now had you know really you look at last year, two years ago with Jonathan Taylor's final season, you didn't see Nikia Watson. You normally with Wisconsin running backs, you've got a guy that a lot of times is emerging as the clear guy to take over when 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 the next guy moves on. You've had it for last how many years with Ball and Gordon, Corey Clement, the guys that are you know getting carries as the backup and, and working their way into that number one role. And you just haven't seen that from the key Watson. He didn't see it two seasons ago. This year he really just, did, just didn't show a lot. I mean, you, I hardly even remember um, you know, many carries. He didn't break away you know, a lot of runs. There wasn't a lot of highlights for him. And, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall that, hey, You've got Jalen Berger, who's going to probably be the guy. Uh, of course, you've got the rumor mills of, of transfers. You've got, you know, Julius Davis, a younger guy as well. So, uh, you, and then you add in, you know, the incoming running backs from this uh, most recent recruiting class, and it just didn't look like a situation where Nakia Watson was probably going to get the playing time that that he was hoping for. And and maybe it'll be 
a situation for him where a fresh start really does him some good. So not overall surprise, but I hope that he can land on his feet and, and find a spot that uh, that will really work for him because uh, I think he is a talented player. It just never seemed to really take off and work out at Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I think really you look at it, and, and he does have talent. He's not – he. He showed that, hey, he's not much of a, a tackle breaker. He's more of, I'm going to try to run through people one cut. I'm going to run straight straight line. Um, and then that doesn't really jive with what Wisconsin does with their scheme, um, their running scheme. So you look at it, he struggled at times finding the correct hole, reading it, um, being patient and setting up his blocks. Uh, but I agree with you. You look back at 2019 where he played in 11 games, but really you didn't see a whole lot out of him and really his – carries diminished as the season went on, and and part of that was they just continued to ride uh, Jonathan Taylor, who continues to look like one of maybe the best backs to come out of Wisconsin at this point, at least in what he looks like he could be doing at the pros going forward. But but then this year, yeah, I mean, he was completely overshadowed by Jalen Berger pretty quickly after that first game. So I I think he saw the writing on the wall. Best of luck to him. Um, I could see him going closer to home towards Texas. Finding a school that that um, goes out of the gun and is able to kind of let him run that way, similar to how he had it in high school, and um, you know possibly find success. He's still got a, quite a few years of eligibility that he can use. Um, so best of luck to him. We'll see where he actually lands. But there's a lot of guys in the transfer portal, including running backs. So I think he's a guy that people are going to want. But I'm interested to see where he actually ultimately lands. If he goes to somewhere similar to Jack Cohn, where it's like a you know an even playing field across the um, Power Five, or if he steps down to like the Group of Five and kind of finds you know I could see him like doing well at like a North Texas, who I know they run the, or pass the ball a lot, but when they do run, it's it's there's not a whole lot of flash in needing to read things for it. It's more like let's go. Um, so I, I I'm interested to see where he ultimately lands, but best of luck to him as well. Yeah, I, I actually, as soon as I kind of heard him transferring, I thought maybe a place like Texas State with uh, Jake Spavadol, they've been taking on transfers left and right, actually took on um, former Wisconsin cornerback Dante Carrier-Williams, who had a it's pretty like good stop number seven, season. right? What's that? I said that's like stop number seven for him, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's bounced all over the place. So I, a guy like him where – um, a school like some schools are really active in the transfer portal, and, and that would be a good fit for him. But I would definitely see him maybe taking a step down to that group of five level. But wherever he does, you know, we you, you hope that he can go and, and find a spot that he feels like he fits right. Maybe you know a place like you mentioned in Texas, where he's from originally, will will help kind of you know be closer to home and, and maybe spark his game. We've seen guys that that go to these other schools and really revitalize their career. So as a former Badger, you always root for him, and we hope to see that. Um, from Nakia Watson here in the future. Moving on down the line, uh, NFL draft injuries. There was a couple of them for Wisconsin. No big surprises. Eric Burrell, we already kind of knew, um, was going to go on with that. Cole Van Lannon, of course, a pretty high prospect in the NFL eyes. And then Isaiah Loudermilk. All three of them announced that they are entering the NFL draft. Um, really, really good to see them um, You know, go to the next level. I'm excited to see what they can do. But uh, what do you make of their kind of NFL prospects and, and what, they, what they'll be doing at the next level? Yeah, I think good for all three of those guys. They put in a lot of time in Madison. Uh, you know, they're fifth-year guys. They all redshirted right away um, and kind of bided their time, but then were multi-year starters. Uh, you know, and, and really 
all three of them have had a nice imprint with Wisconsin, should set up nicely. Um, the Badgers have guys to replace them next year, but um, I, they're all, none of them scream off the page like, hey, I'm going to be a first round, second round draft pick. I'm guessing they're going to be mid to later round guys, um, you know, day three guys. Um, but, but we'll see. I think Colvin Lannon, if, if, a school really falls in love with him, or Eric Burrell, a school really falls in love with him, there's a chance that they could squeeze up to, like, the fourth round or something like that, maybe third round for Cole Van Lannan. But, um, you know, I, I think all three of them brought a lot to Wisconsin and, and definitely deserve the opportunity in the league. And um, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense for any of them to come back. They've proved as much as they could. And, and really, you look at a guy like Cole Van Lannan, uh You've got Logan Brown, who's who's kind of showed in the bowl game that hey, he's the next up at left tackle. I think Badger fans are are just as excited to to see what he can do next year rather than having Cole Van Lannan back um, another year, even though he was probably the Badgers' best offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, he was great, and I think whoever you know, wherever he ends up, they're going to probably get a, a similar, I, I think, kind of a steal in the, in those mid rounds. You know, you look at Travis Frederick last year. Um, third round guy, you know, and then all of a sudden he's into a. You mean you mean Biotis, right? Or yeah, Biotis, Travis Frederick. Oh my, um, I've been on, I've been out of it too long. I'm, I've got cobwebs up there. <laughs> Biotis, he took over the center position for the Cowboys, so I was just uh, blanking there. But uh, yes, Biotis, kind of a steal there. I think Van Landen in those middle rounds will probably be the same situation. He's still a Wisconsin lineman. I know. A couple of years ago, he was looking like he was going to be the next, you know great offensive lineman that, that gets taken really high. Maybe not quite that, but I think he'll still be a nice prospect um, for, for whichever team makes that jump. Eric Burrell, I'm, I, I think he's a really good player. I'm interested to see where he ends up and how he translates. And then Isaiah Loudermilk, you can't coach. I mean, you can't live without that type of size. So some NFL team is going to take a, a chance on him, and he'll probably be a guy that's on the roster just because of sheer mass and strength. So um, Isaiah Loudermilk, I think, will be a really quality prospect of the NFL as well. I'm excited to see what these guys can do. It's but they've had you know really long careers at Wisconsin, and you always like to see guys go on and, and do well at the next level. And Wisconsin's got a pretty good track record over these last few years of uh, of doing that and, and getting some guys that really step up and, and make a name for themselves that maybe didn't have the greatest college careers but still had good careers. So I'm excited to see uh, what those three can bring and. But they will be they will be missed for sure on the Wisconsin football side of things. But I think they're all going on to um, some hopefully some really strong careers at the next level. Yeah, and, and hopefully they all three get picked. You know, that, mm-hmm. I think that would be really exciting for all three of them. I could easily see Cole Van Lannan having a similar type career of uh, David Edwards, who's now you know been a starter with the Rams the past couple seasons um, and was like a fifth round draft pick. You know, which which is not as high as what I'm sure Cole would, would want, but at the same time, you can make a lot of money and stick around in the league a long time being a mid, mid-round mid uh, offensive lineman. Most definitely. All right, moving on down the list here. We've got a lot to, still to get to. We've talked a little bit about Isaiah Loudermilk in the defensive line. We'll kind of continue that trend here. Garrett Rand um, announces he is stepping away from football, just going to move on to the next phase of his life. Some people, there was kind of thoughts that he would be a guy that would come back for another season at Wisconsin, but he basically said, you know, he's given he's given a lot of time and effort and, and grit to football, and he's just going to, you know, move on to the next phase. So I, I think you always have to respect that situation where sometimes you just want to, to, to get into something else. Um, I'm sure 
for him, he's a guy that's grinded through injuries. He's grinded through, you know, a lot of years at Wisconsin and battled some tough situations. So I, I'm sure he'll be a guy that has a lot of success in, in whatever he does. But what do you make of, of that decision and that announcement? Yeah, I mean, it makes a ton of sense when you consider his that, you know, devastating Achilles injury he had that takes so much to come back mm-hmm. from oftentimes for a guy his size at like 6'1", 280, 275. Um, I, I think you look at it, he's a little undersized for the NFL. He's got he's got some intangibles, but you came in as a four-star recruit, had a huge injury that really um, threw him back, kind of had to play out of position for a couple of years. Um, you know, in the end, he, he did a lot of really nice things for Wisconsin, and I, I think best of luck for to him. You've seen a lot of players choose to go down that path of saying, hey, I'm just going to take care of my body. I'm not even going to try to keep going in with the NFL doing that because I think Rand could have a shot as a guy that could get picked up, you know, practice squad material for a few seasons and, and kind of bounce around a little bit. But really the physical toll that that takes on you as a practice squad guy in the NFL is, is a lot. And I would assume that this would be best for his health. And, and I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to have the, the Chikwe Obasi effect where you just lose a whole crap ton of weight after it happens. Yeah, I, I would guess so. That'll be uh, an interesting transformation to watch. You know, some of these guys, when they get done playing, they don't got to be that uh, big and beefed up, and they can just kind of, um, you know, they shed those pounds and, and look good, um, you know, doing it and not have to worry about getting their phys- body so physically ready to, to, to go through that grueling grind um, that can be just, you know, college and, and professional football. So, so definitely going to be missed. Uh, you know, him and Loudermilk were, were really strong guys on the defensive line, and, to kind of keep that move and the hits keep coming for Wisconsin defensive line a little bit. And okay, Vector Field, Wisconsin's uh, defensive line coach, has announced that he is leaving um, for Vanderbilt. So all of a sudden you've got your defensive line coach, you've got two um, defensive linemen that have been with the program for a long time. So there's going to be some new faces on that uh, at that phase of the defense. What did you make of that, and uh, how big of an impact is that going to have on on the Badgers? I don't know how big of an impact it's necessarily going to have. I, I think you you look at it. Uh, Breakfast Field's been a guy that came with Chris and been with them for the past six years. He's he's a he's a veteran along the the defensive line. Um, there wasn't much of a shot for him to eventually become a defensive coordinator with the Badgers. And you've got to think, well, sure, this on surface level, this looks like a, a lateral move to Vanderbilt. Clark Lee is their new head coach. He he's got a lot of experience. He's going to ultimately be their head coach that'll call plays for the defense. That if if in a, in a, down the line Clark Lee moves on from the defense coordinator or somebody does good there and moves on to somewhere else, Brecherfield could easily step up and become the defensive coordinator there, the de facto one, um, and uh, and be able to kind of have a larger experience. I know Clark Lee's got a, a lot of money to throw around from Vanderbilt. They really tried to put some money into that program. Um, and I think it's it's a good fit for him. I'm happy for him. Um, it, it was a puzzling move, but at the same time, um, I think Wisconsin will be fine. I don't anticipate that the Badgers won't be able to bring in somebody um, just as qualified who who can do just as well. Um, as long as they find somebody who can who you know can unite these guys and make them play hard, Wisconsin defensive line is is never going to be something in the three four that really needs to be super disruptive. Um, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see who they bring in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an NFL guy or um, somebody with ties to, to UW and, and that has kind of worked with multiple fronts like Terrence Jam- Jemison, or Jamison, who played for Wisconsin. 
Um, but but really, I mean, in the end, if there was a position group or a a coach that is like, okay, him moving on, it's it, that's one that I think you can you can run with. It's this isn't uh, you know Jim Leonard off to somewhere else or anything like that where it's going to completely shake up your entire team or you know you know Bobby April. Uh, not Bobby April. Oh yeah, Bobby April is your outside linebackers coach who's, who's been doing a lot of really good things. I think this is a place where you could probably plug in a, a bunch of different guys and be just fine along the defensive line in given Wisconsin's scheme. Yeah, you should be able to withstand it a little bit. It'll be it'll be new faces for sure when you you look at Rand and and Loudermilk and now your your position coach also leaving. You hope it doesn't turn into a situation where. All of a sudden, some guys get better. It could be maybe similar to the wide receiver room from this past year where you lost a couple guys and all of a sudden you're, you've lost your position coach and maybe it takes a little bit of time for them to, to gel again. Uh, hopefully hopefully you don't have COVID so you can get these position you know coaches and players together earlier and, and not deal with some of those issues that you dealt with this year. So hopefully it's, it's not a big issue. But certainly um, some new faces are going to be on the defensive line. That will be kind of the conversation when you look at defensively with uh, Jack Sanborn coming back. We'll talk about that here in a minute. The defense looks pretty solid in the in those uh, the linebacker level and the second level, some of those guys coming back. So the defensive line will maybe be the, the question mark that we'll be talking about a little bit in this offseason here. But uh, speaking of Jack Sanborn and coming back, uh, himself along with Jake Ferguson, Fayon Hicks have announced that they are coming back to Wisconsin. So big news in a lot of ways. You've got a guy that really was your you arguably your one one two corner you've got what we called one of us called the you know defensive mvp right in the middle with leo chanel once again and then you've got really your offensive mvp from this year and jake ferguson back one of the best tight ends to, to play with wisconsin and hopefully you can come back and have a really strong season again next year but how big is it to get all three of those guys uh back to uw for for one more run at this thing I think it's absolutely huge. You look at it, um, I, I think most people expected Fayon Hicks to be back. I, I would have been surprised if he would have left early for the NFL draft. But um, Jack Sanborn, he's got his younger brother coming back. I think most people figured there's a good chance that he'd be coming back. And he had an absolutely huge year last year. If you, He only played in seven games like all the Badgers did. But if you project his stats out, um, to compare it to what he put up as a sophomore, and he would have gone over 100 tackles um, this past year if they played 14 games like he did the season prior. So he's, he's a guy that I think is going to be the face of the defense next year. But but Jake Ferguson, I think, was the, the big story because most people figured that he was probably going to give the NFL a shot. There's a lot of really good tight ends in this class, um, so I think it makes sense in a lot of ways that he would come back and and kind of wait it out, try to get a little bit more on film when hopefully the offense is is humming a little bit better because the passing game was not what it needed to be, and a a lot of that was not Jake Ferguson's fault. So I think Jake could have a really big year next year. It's going to be great to see more talk of him being Barry's grandson um, and, and really just I think having all three of those guys back as leaders in their respective, you know, Groups, um, Fan Hicks in the and quarterback, cornerback, Sanborn or inside linebacker, and Ferguson in the tight end room can only help because Wisconsin's younger tight ends weren't completely ready to be um, what they would need for the um, for this offense next year if Ferguson wasn't back. So I think him being back was absolutely huge for the team in 2021. 
Yeah, I like that you mentioned the younger guys because that was kind of the, the talking point that I was thinking as well. You know, you look at the tight end room. Uh, you know, Rucci, Aiden Rucci played a lot this year, but you didn't see a lot from him in terms of the passing game. You've got some of the other younger guys that are, have came in, in in either two years ago class or the most recent class, but not sure how they're progressing. Really haven't seen a lot. And the same kind of goes for that inside linebacker spot. Um, of course, you've got Chanel at the other inside position, but who's behind in those two is still – a little bit of a cloudy question mark that way, and, and guys maybe aren't ready to. I mean, no one's no one in that depth chart is ready to be the next Jack Sanborn quite yet. I mean, you hope that you can work some of those guys in, and then you know Chanel will be the next uh, really dominating linebacker, and someone kind of steps up and fills that spot. So I think it allows them to transition really well at the tight end and, and inside linebacker spot. And then for Fayon Hicks, it's just another added bonus to to the secondary. You've got. Uh, you know, Colin Wilder, Scott Nelson back. You Now you've got Hicks. Of course, you lose Wild Goose. But your secondary looks pretty strong with some other decisions kind of pending that way. So it should be good for Wisconsin's defense. And another year of, of him and, and everybody being back will be uh, a pretty strong group. So I think all three of them being back are huge, huge decisions for, for Wisconsin and, and really big gets. You talk about Rand and Van Landen and Loudermilk being big losses. These are three big gets. Uh, so that'll really help your football team in, in a lot of different ways that year. So um, that that is definitely uh, big news and, and good news on that front, which was nice after all of the, kind of the negative news that we started with, with losing a lot of quality talent. And then to add on to that, Kendrick Pryor is also a guy that's coming back for his sixth season, sixth season tongue twister there. Really another big, um, um, really big, um, you know, player to get back in this wide receiver room. Um I think everyone kind of expected him to be back, but what did you make of Kendrick Pryor um, and his decision to come back and, and be part of this offense once again? I think it's it made a lot of sense for him. He's coming back for, for that sixth year. I think he could use it. Only put three games on, on tape this past year and only got eight receptions. Um, after being fairly consistent with, you know, 275 yards and, and and uh, also putting up some couple hundred yards of rushing. Um, he, he just wasn't able to stay healthy. Wisconsin's offense could really use some wide receiver depth next year, and he's going to be one of your top guys. You look across um, the teams that really are succeeding and getting into, like, the playoff. Not that I'm saying that that's what Wisconsin is going to be doing next year, but or that Kendrick Pryor is that next push to get them there. But at the same time, you look at it in the wide receiver talent level that you look in this national championship coming up of Ohio State and Alabama. They have the two best wide receiving cores in the entire country, and they can have consistently been just bringing in really high-level wide receivers. And to get a guy who came in as a three-star recruit, um, but you look at it as, okay, this kid's going to be 24 years old, and that's a lot of development. And if he's healthy, um, which I would assume he will be because he had been the three previous years, just was dealing with stuff this year, I think that could really help them out, and he could have a big year. We're still waiting on Danny Davis, still waiting on Caesar Williams and a few others to make it like official uh, about what they're doing. But I think prior um, kind of opened the door for what I would think Danny Davis coming back, unless there's something else going on. Um, outside of football, but I, I think having Pryor back is big. It should help out the, the passing game a lot. Hopefully they can all get on the same um, wavelength. And we saw just how good this offense was those first two games when Pryor Davis were there, Mertz was there, um, and, and hopefully they can get back to that, um, having a healthy 
um, deployment of wide receivers out there and with um, a couple of the younger guys also getting a year of development. Yeah, I think it'd be, I mean, I think the prior decision to come back is huge. Hopefully that maybe influences Danny Davis to come back. You know, Van Hicks coming back. If you can get Caesar Williams back as well, you've got uh, your two starting corners. You've got two really high-quality receivers that kind of, <laughs> like you mentioned, the, the early part of the season, that was the, the success of the offense was Mertz. You had, you had Davis, you had Pryor, you had Ferguson. When uh, when those two went down, it, it kind of really hampered the offense. It hampered you know Jake Ferguson's production a little bit, and, of course, it, it hampered Graham Mertz, and the offense really kind of sputtered and struggled a lot of the weeks this year. So I think – that will be huge, and, and hopefully you can still you know, land a couple more of those guys to come back. I know we're still waiting on decisions from them, but I think it would be a, a very welcome sight uh, to have you know, that whole group back. I think would be huge for Wisconsin as they move into next season. So I think that wraps up everything on the football side. So before we talk about some basketball, we'll get our ad reads out of the way, and we'll be back with you shortly. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. It's been a little while since we've talked uh, Wisconsin basketball. Of course, we had a lot of Mayo Bowl coverage and then uh, a brief hiatus that way. So since then, the last time we talked, I believe we touched on the Maryland game uh, a few episodes ago. So since then, Wisconsin, two big wins over Minnesota and Indiana, a thrilling uh, double overtime victory for, for the Badgers against the Hoosiers. If you can kind of wrap up those two games as we kind of move into the next one, what did you make of, of those two performances, and, and what was, uh, what's kind of been the key for the Badgers to kind of right the ship after a disappointing and kind of sputtering loss to Maryland a few weeks ago? Yeah, we don't need to talk about the Maryland game uh, <laughs> at all. But, but I think really you look at the play of Demetric Trice, and it has been just out of this world. He's been playing so good. Um, he, he only put up 20 points. Uh, seven times in in his career leading into this season, and he's he's done it three of the past four games. Um, 29 against Michigan State, 25 against Maryland. Only had 14 against Minnesota, but he also locked down Marcus Carr, held him well below his season average, and and also had five rebounds, five assists. Uh, and then Indiana put up another 21, and he was just instrumental in some key position possessions where he put the ball in the basket for them when they needed it. Um, a couple step backs, that floater. He just, when they needed a bucket, he was he was either on the uh, receiving end of putting scoring or he was on the passing end. Had seven assists in that game, um, including those those two uh, 
that those two threes by Tyler Wall late against Indiana. Um, the play of Demetri Trice is really, really strong right now. If he continues to play at this level, he's going to finish as one of the top um, guards in the Big Ten. Um, and, and really, uh, this team could, could go a long way if, if this is what we're going to continue to see from him because um, I don't think most people expected him to come into this year being your, your leading scorer, but – but he is, and he's he's shooting a high percentage at, at over 45% as well, shooting over 40% from deep. Um, you know, he's being the consummate pro the uh, for this team. Only has 16 turnovers compared to 44 assists. Um, I, I think really you look at what Trice has been doing, and, and it's a big reason why they were able to get out of that Indiana game with a win, even though Indiana was, was neck and neck with them for most of it. And, Things were, weren't looking great at the end of the, the second half there. But um, uh, I, I think you can't go look at these past two games, or really these last little stretch of games that the Badgers have been 3-1 and one in, and, and not just point out the, the really strong play by Demetri Trice. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. Like you, you said a little bit ago, you didn't really expect him to be a guy that was going to be your leading scorer. He was more of a facilitator and in, in finding the open guy, which I still think is is probably the strength of his game. But if he's doing that, like he has been, and pouring in buckets, it's it's only going to make this team uh, so much better. So he's been incredibly impressive um, over this little stretch, and, and they're going to need him to. And, and it's so impressive for for him because he's usually coming out and and playing offense and and running the offense, facilitating the basketball to other players scoring the basketball, and then on the other hand, he's going and playing really good lockdown defense against some really good guards. So I have to imagine at the end of a game, you know, there's some players in, in basketball that are an offensive player and a defensive player. i got to imagine with, with Trice at the end of these games, he's got to be exhausted because he's playing his heart out on both ends of the floor, and it's really, really special to see. And, and I'm glad that for a guy that's played so much basketball for Wisconsin that he's doing really well. So um, I, I would say over those last you know, two games and really this little stretch, he's been the main storyline. And then, um, you know, in the Minnesota game, it was just, uh, you know, on top of that, it was, it was quality defense. Minnesota couldn't make a thing. And then in that Indiana game, it was really kind of the, the big moment for Tyler Wall where he, he stepped up, you know, all season we've talked about his game being a lot better. Um, you know, as he's progressed into the second season for him, he's, he's really gotten stronger and, and elevated his game. And it seems like every game out, he comes. He comes to become more of a of a contributor, a bigger factor for this team, and uh, I think he's going to be huge going forward. As the Badgers kind of still try to figure out this rotation a little bit, there was some um, some weird rotations in both of those games, but I think for the most part, uh, Wisconsin's happy, and if they're still trying to feel something out, uh, hopefully they'll have you know everything set in stone and ready to go because they've got a big contest uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it, I, I think it was pretty telling that Greg Gard um, went with Tyler Wall and Jonathan Davis to close out that game. Um, I mean, Jonathan Davis, once again, 41 minutes. Demetrius Trice will put up 46, almost 47 minutes, a second away from 47 minutes of the game he played, um, which is just absurd in, in a college basketball game. That means you're basically just not coming off the court. Um, but I, I think it, it shows the confidence that, Guard has in both Tyler Wall and Jonathan Davis. It was exciting to see Wall hit those uh, big shots. I think that's if he can do. You know, I don't think he's going to go two for two from from three for most of the games. But if he can continue to gain confidence in his shot, I think it would definitely help up this team. 
Um, Nate Reavers had a, a better second half um, later in that game after really just getting thrown around for a long, a large chunk of that by Trace Jackson Davis. Um, but, but really, I think you look at it, just the, the confidence that guard has in those two younger guys to say, hey, Aline Ford, you're only going to play 19 minutes um, and, and go with the guys who he thinks are going to help them out on the defensive end best. Um, it, it shows that this team, based off of the flow of the game, can adjust and, and has the weapons to, to turn to multiple players in, in their rotation to, to win a game. Um, you know, they only go eight deep, but I, all eight can be out there in the final minutes and, and help the team win, which I think is a, a mark of a good basketball team because you don't know when you're going to get into foul trouble, um, whether it's in Big Ten play, whether it's in postseason play. Yeah, and it's going to be important for, for them to have kind of that, uh, you know, that depth. And as you get into the, the, the deeper parts of the Big Ten season, you've got some, some grueling games coming up. You've, this league... Um, you know, last year we talked about how much of a gauntlet it was and, and how much of a grind it was night in and night out. And you're kind of starting to see that again this year. You, you know, Indiana is the team that, uh, you know, it was 500, barely over 500, and, and struggling and trying to find themselves. And they come out and, and give you a game. End of the year last year they gave you a game as they were kind of on the bubble. So every night in and, and every night out in this conference, you're going to get, um, you know, you even talk about Maryland, you, you lost that game. They're a team that was struggling and sputtering a little bit. So you're, you're going to want depth and you're going to want guys that are, are able to go to if you do get into that foul of trouble um, because these games, there's there's no easy one uh, from here forward. And, and again, on Tuesday night, um, they, they've got a big one against Michigan. So we can maybe hop into that a little bit. Now you're set up for, you've won two games, you're set up for a top 10 battle at Michigan, very hard place to play. As you look at where this team is at, what do you think is, is going to be kind of something you're watching for or a key um, for this tough Big Ten battle? And then, you know, soon after that, you talk about the grueling schedule, top 15 Rutgers. So uh, no easy games down uh, this next week for sure. I'm going to be watching how the Wisconsin bigs, both Nate Reavers mm-hmm. and Micah Potter, um, are able to um, hold down Hunter Dickinson. You know, he's a guy who's seven foot one, putting up 18 points and eight boards a game, um, and a talented freshman. You know, he's he's no joke, and a big reason why Michigan jumped up to that 10 and 0 start. Um, he's their leading scorer. He's um, he's a really talented young youngster, and he's got a lot of length that Wisconsin has at times struggled with length. Um, didn't not only this season, but in seasons past. So I think I'm going to be watching how the Wisconsin big men are able to, to kind of go against him. You look at Nate Reavers, he, he is, he has struggled as of late. You look back, um, he, in his last, uh, eight games, he has only scored in double figures twice. Um, and that was the guy who was your leading scorer last year. He was projected to be your leading scorer this year. And, and, he had he got pulled to the side by some of his teammates and told get your head out of your butt basically and and get get going like what are you doing and he played much better in, in the second half against Indiana. Micah Potter um, had a hard time in that Indiana game as well at times. Um, you know we saw him freaking out in the huddle and Alondo Tucker had to talk with him about it. So I think if you're looking at it, I want to see what those two can do against the length of Michigan because even. Beyond seven foot one center, they also have a guy like Franz Wagner, who's you know a six nine, six ten wing, and Wisconsin had, doesn't usually see that. And I'm I'm excited to see how that how this game goes down because it's going to be a, a really tough game. 
But um, it's going to be an, another litmus test to see just what this team can do. Um, last time they went on the road, they, they, they got a W. We'll see if they can do it again. Yeah, it's it's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch down low with, with Hunter Dickinson. You know, 7-1, 7-2, 2-50. I mean, he's a big physical guy, a lot of length. So, um, you know, he's not quite Kofi Coburn size, but he's, he's pretty close in terms of just physicalness and, and mass. And last year, Nate Reavers kind of struggled with him. And in, in any time you've got those post players that are just strong guys that, that like to be physical, I think that's a little bit of a test for for both Reavers and Potter. So, I'm going to be interested to see how that, that matchup goes. I think Wisconsin matches up well at other parts of the floor. And uh, you talk about Demetri Trice, he's playing well. Does Michigan have an answer for him? I don't know. But it's still a place that Wisconsin historically, um, the last few times have been better, but usually is a struggle for them to, to play there. So it's going to be a really good test for this team. Um, you know, On the road, you're taking on a, a team that is playing really well. They, they've got a system and, and some guys that they can go to and play through. So um, I think it's going to be one of those classic down-to-the-wire Big Ten games, kind of a nail-biter, but it should be one that's interesting to watch. And, and if they want to win that, and, they, you know, of course, you've got to hit shots, but you've got to play physical and, and be on the boards. Um, Wisconsin's done a pretty good job of late being better on the offensive side of rebounding, got to rebound uh, the defensive side as well. So I think what it's going to come down to is, is like you mentioned, just, uh, you know, the, the bigs, matching up and, and playing up to their potential and, and really handling uh, the size of Michigan because I think this will be probably, when you look at the Wisconsin schedule, their biggest test in terms of just sheer post play and post size that way. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. You don't see you don't see too many um, guys who've, who've got a, an inch or two above seven foot. You know, you so you're used to seeing seven footers, not usually seeing seven foot two guys. You know, roaming the paint, and, and Wisconsin has struggled it in the paint this year um, at times. The defense overall has been pretty good, but you saw the layup lines happen against Maryland where they were able to get in there. Trace Jackson Davis was was scoring at will at times in the paint against the Badgers, so. Um, I'm sure that that is going to be something that Greg Gard is really going to drive home for his team um, as they, they get ready for that game and uh, what, what, what should be a really fun basketball game. Um, I'm hopeful that they got a couple days extra rest because, um, leading into that after going double overtime, but and they'll need it because I think this is going to be another one that comes down to the wire. Yeah, it should be a fun one for sure Tuesday night. You're starting to get into – to conference basketball, you've got some some quality matchups throughout the week. You've got, uh, of course, Michigan then, and then um, you know a, a tough date with Rutgers quite ap- quite soon after that. So uh, should be a fun one for you guys, and we'll of course be back with you um, after that game later in the week to to kind of recap that. We'll touch on some more news as well. It seems like there's been a, a couple news stories in terms of the football team coming out pretty much pretty much every day when you look for announcements and, and stuff like that. It's that time of year with the uh, the player and, and coaching carousel that way. So uh, anything that more that we can cover, we certainly will. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening. I think we're both excited to be back, and uh, we'll keep keep turning out episodes uh, as we need to. So uh, it's good to be back that way, and we uh, appreciate it. So as always, guys, on Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you.